What's up, Tan and J-Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tan and J-Man Show. And on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh, the J-Man Monk, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. While you're at it, on whatever platform you're listening on, please hit that subscribe button. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. If you're interested in watching our show, our show is recorded live every Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch that on the ISC Sports Network, on the free ISC Sports Network app, on the ISC Sports Network Facebook page, and their Twitter page. While you're at it, on the social media channels, please give us a like on our Facebook page. Please give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram page, at Show. And if you want to support our podcast and look great doing so, we have a merchandise store. You can go to any of our social media pages, click the link, click Tan and J-Man Show store, and you'll find whatever you're looking for, short sleeve t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it, we got it. So thanks again for supporting the podcast. Now sit back, relax, and here comes another exciting brand new episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. It's Monday night. You know what that means? Another brand new episode of the Tan and J Man Show, episode two hundred and forty three, to be exact. I'm Tanner Lee, usually alongside Josh J Man Month, but filling in in his absence is our good friend Evan Webb. Webby, thanks for joining me tonight. What is going on? Thanks for having me, Tan. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous to uh, try and fill the J Man. Get some big shoes to fill. Big shoes indeed. But uh, you're. You're uh, this is probably the third time we've had you on, I think. Yeah, I think th- third or fourth, I can't remember. I, I think I've been in, in person a couple times. Uh, I can't remember if I've ever done, I've done one virtually yet. I, I can't remember either. You do this for about five years, you kind of lose yeah. track. <laughs> but uh, for everybody that might be listening or watching for the first time, is unfamiliar with you, kind of explain mm-hmm. to everybody your sports fandom a little bit. Yeah, um, well, I live here in Indianapolis, um, but I am not an Indianapolis fan. At, in any sport really <laughs> um when it comes to pro sports i'm all chicago uh south side more specifically when it comes to baseball uh, best record in the al league or in al but we'll get to that later um chicago bulls fan which has been painful lately uh bears fan which is typically painful for the most part um but then those are my pro sports and blackhawks as well but really when it comes to sports my i live and die with purdue athletics specifically basketball and football as you do as well tan Yep, that's something we can definitely agree on. I mean, we have our p- pro sports allegiances, but Purdue's yep. definitely comes first and foremost, and that's who we uh, we take pride in their wins and cry when they lose. So very accurate. Uh, favorite favorite athletes of each of those teams all time, real quick. Ooh, that's a great question. Was not put, put me on this. the spot. Yeah, put me on um, the spot. That's what I like to do. Bulls, I'll go with players I've obviously witnessed. Um, it's very easy to say Michael Jordan, but I don't remember Michael Jordan as a bull. I remember him as playing for the Wizards. Um, but Derrick Rose, it, it, I'm, like, I can't imagine Derrick Rose ever being unseated as my favorite bull ever. He's kind of what got me back into watching the NBA and as a Bulls fan in general. Uh, Bears, that's a tough one. I don't. Uh, that's a really tough one. I loved watching Matt Forte uh, when he was – Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I mean, defense, you could pick anybody. Uh, Lance Briggs was awesome to watch. So was Erlacher, but and I loved watching Forte. I mean, you can't really pick a quarterback or wide receiver because the Bears never seem to have a good one for the most part. Um, Blackhawks, probably Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves, the captain. Uh, White Sox, are you, I guess we're talking current players or, or was, was your question more just in general? Just in general. 
Yeah, White Sox. I've always said my favorite player was has been Jermaine Die in in the history, just because I mean the magical 2005 World Series run. He was World Series MVP. Sure. Uh, loved Mark Burley, Paul Canerco, all those guys. Um, and you need to pretty. That's when it gets really uh really muddy. Um, <laughs> so many to choose from. I mean, football. You probably have to go with Drew Brees. I mean, watched him as a kid, and you know it's been so awesome to watch him as a pro and really represent Purdue pretty well and, you know, show his love for Purdue, which you don't always get when, when guys leave college. Um, and then basketball, that's probably <laughs> the toughest one. I mean, probably Robbie Hummel has been my all time okay. favorite. Um, Carson Edwards is right there behind him. Um, I'm sure our good buddy, Andrew, Allen, we might expect me to say Aaron Wheeler, but uh, <laughs> I'll miss him. Yes, uh, I think it would be easier probably for each of those for you to say your least favorite player. I mean, when it comes to favorites, it's it's tough to pick. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's tough to pick, but I'm glad you shared your Chicago fandom with everybody because that is the topic of tonight's birdie bogey question. Oh, God. Okay. So tonight is the Home Run Derby. Uh-huh. Field. The White Sox all time have had five participants in the Home Run Derby. Can you name four of them? Four will get you a birdie or five. And okay. three, I'll give you, th- if you get three, you'll get a par. So, so five all time since the Derby started in 1985. I'll give you that. Okay. So since 1985, since 85 through 2019, since there wasn't one last year. Okay. So, yep. I'm feeling strangely confident, which means okay. I'm probably going to get like one right if that. <laughs> It's a, it's a tricky thing. The it is, more, yeah. The more confidence you have, the worse it yeah. turns out. At, At least first I was like, there's no way. Then I was like, oh, maybe him. But then I'm like, okay, this guy maybe was in it. But, you know, you never know if they accept the invite or not or, or right. who knows. So Well, you, you got about 55 minutes to think on it. So. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll forget every player I'm thinking of by the time <laughs> we get to the end. So yeah, I'll refresh your memory. <laughs> and the birdie bogey segment. This is a different read for me. This is usually J-Man's spot, so this is yeah. different. It is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Noble Gnome LLC. Noble Gnome's freshly locally grown nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine in Mintone, Indiana. You can like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram at Noble Gnome LLC. And right now, uh, let's see here. Well, it might help if I have Facebook open. Uh, awesome. Hot start, hot start. Oh yeah. Well they, they it just have falls been apart at, about the J Man. It does. <laughs> they, ha- they have been at the Kosciuszko County Farmers Market mm-hmm. as of late. Um I could tell you that much, but I was gonna read off exactly what they've been having. And last time they were there, they had green onions, lettuce, cucumbers, kale, turnips, radishes, chard, cherry tomatoes, fennel, garlic garlic scapes, jalapeno and serrano peppers, rosemary, thyme cilantro mint and more so they had a whole bunch of stuff and of course they are partnered right now with mark market wagon which you can get on market wagon and find all their products you search for noble gnome and what market market wagon is is pretty much you can get vegetables home delivery so market wagon can deliver your uh noble gnome vegetables straight to your doorstep so as J-Man said, there is no excuse not to have some vegetables in your diet. <laughs> so get your veggies. Yes, sir. And we thank them for sponsoring the Birdie Bogey like they do every week. 
All right, Webby. Well, let's get right into the MLB. Uh, the first half is in the books now the as books, the Homer yeah. Burbies tonight. All-Star game tomorrow. Second half starts later this week. Uh, you got the South Side shirt on tonight. Yes, so we sir. usually don't talk about the White Sox too much, but I'm going to let you have your moments. Uh, so far, first half, how's it gone for you as a White Sox fan? I got to think you're pretty happy. Yeah, very happy to be honest with you. Um, it was it's been also a little strange just because we've we struggled with injuries a lot. Um, I mean, if you had told me that there'd be eight games in the division lead when you're starting two two of your starting outfielders and one of your better hitters in um, Eloy Jimenez got hurt in spring training, and then uh, Luis Robert got hurt not too long after that, um, we'd be in the position we are. I'd be shocked and. I mean, I don't want to give credit to Tony Larusa, but credit where where credits due. I mean, yep. I was talking with my dad a couple weeks ago, and he was giving props to him. I immediately just kind of scoffed at it, just because I'm not a Tony Larusa <laughs> fan. But the fact that he's been able to rally the guys and you know get them in a position where they are is pretty impressive. I mean, he got to think he's probably up there for manager of the year. Um, I think I'm blank on his name, but the Giants manager's got to be the front runner for it right now, probably. Um, but given, just given the injuries that the Sox have, have had, you get, you can definitely make a case for Tony. Um, but it's been fun. I mean, they've been playing fun baseball. Um, the fact that, I mean, it's, it's great to see, uh, Tim Anderson get his first all-star, uh, get his first all-star appearance, which is awesome. He's probably, uh, my favorite current player on the Sox right now. Um, along with they've got a couple of pitchers in the, in the game as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing I, I am a little worried about is, I mean, the central is not very good. Um, the, I mean, the Indians are in second and they're three games above 500, but the rest of the division is pretty garbage. Yeah. Um, not as bad as the NL East, I would say, but it's, it's not great. Um, but I mean, you, you play who's on your schedule and but what worries me is, you know, when you get to the playoffs, which obviously hopefully the Sox can hold on to the, the I would be so disappointing if they blow an eight game lead in the second half, but um, when you get to the playoffs, everybody's good, and the Sox record's not that great with against teams that are above 500. They're great against teams that are under 500, but that's that's what kind of worries me. I mean, not too long ago, we got our butts absolutely whooped by Houston, which is who we start with right after the the All Star break. So, I think I mean you don't want to put a whole lot on the first series out, but I mean that's I mean you got to make a statement. Um, we're beating up on our division and the lesser teams, but that's that's what I'll be looking for in the second half is if we can turn around and uh, get some of those guys back that, or that have been hurt. I know Eloy's he's actually went from uh, high A, went, he's going straight to triple A for his rehab, um, hoping he can get back hopefully early August. I think it's kind of what they're hoping for. Um, and Luis Robert not too long after that. And they, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jimenez if they put him back in left field when uh, Andrew Vaughn's been playing really really well i don't think you can really take him out i think Illinois is probably more of a dh at this point but it'll be here to see what what tony does and he's been actually pretty good about you know sitting guys when i need to sit and kind of rotating guys in and out so i think that's will be kind of a big thing to watch in the second half well and i think the white Sox are going to be buyers here soon i think they're going to be yeah, pretty aggressive I mean, there, it's, that was kind of something i was just like man i don't know what they do but you know, it's definitely, I mean, they weigh or they uh, DFA to Adam Eaton, which was kind of a surprise. Um, but I think it just, it shows that 
they're here to win now. And I thought maybe it was like, okay, maybe like, you know, win in the next couple of years, but they're just the way you're, you know, things are kind of looking. It's they're, they're here to win right now in 2020 and 2021. And yeah, I'm just, just worried that if, if they get bounced in the ALDS, like what's going to, what's going to happen. It's just all this momentum that's been building and building. And then, I mean, yeah, you, you, I mean, last year to make playoffs was awesome. First time in forever. Oh, wait, um, I think, I think, yeah, was so, the last yeah, time. yeah. So it's, you know, you, you, you build and build and build. And then, you know, you get all this hype in the, um, in the first half of the season, you know, you know, the best team in the city, you know, while the Cubs are probably going to be sellers at this point, you know, they're looking good for a while, but then they kind of really tank there. So it's, yeah. So it's like, man, you get the, you know, you can be the, you know, the, the one team in the, in the city to make the playoffs and it would just really suck if they just get bounced in the friend ALDS, but. Well, I mean, you, you want to make sure you win the division. Um, yeah. That, and that's, not, that's not the get first. in the wild card game. Yeah, that's obviously a key thing. I think, I mean, obviously in a really, really good spot being eight games up and having the best record in the AL right now at the break. Um, but, I mean, I'm a lot like the J-Man where I, I'm just waiting for the, other, for the other shoe to drop, and I've seen it too many times, and just preparing for the heartbreak, but we'll see what happens. I, yeah, I, think, I, have- I, think, I think they are going to be buyers. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do, if it's more outfield help, if it's infield help, if it's – I'm not sure if they're – we're going to go after pitching, but I mean, who knows? Watch for Trevor's story. He's a name mm-hmm. I keep getting thrown out there. I think tonight's yep. got to be his last big event as a Colorado Rocky. Um, his his contract's up after this year. No way he's back in Colorado. So yeah. I, I could see the White Sox going after somebody like him. Mm-hmm. But my concern with him would be, can he hit outside of Coors Field? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, I have to share this with you. I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, my uncle who's a Chicago Cub fan, lives mm-hmm. up in Chicago. He's been very frustrated with them lately. Uh, his, his son-in-law is a big White Sox fan. Uh, shout out to Matt Skura. I know he listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, They went to a White Sox game a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he sent my dad and I this text the following day. He said, went to the Sox game last night. Great ballpark. Puts Wrigley to shame. Only half full, but easy in and out. Great food, no lawn lines. And the Sox actually score runs. I'm, <laughs> on, I'm on the edge. Maybe the Sox will pick up KB from the Cubs. Wow. You don't often hear people. I mean, I, I haven't been to Wrigley in a long time. I know you and I are going there in another month for a, a different reason than a baseball game. But I mean, I, I, I like to joke about how Wrigley's a dump, but I really haven't been there in years. So I really can't say much just, you know, as you do, you I'm say a bunch of stuff and not actually back it up. But it's not very often you hear someone say that Wrigley is worse than guaranteed right field, which is probably up there with one of the worst <laughs> names for a ballpark. <laughs> including the logo including the logo which is a narrow down but it's beside the point but i mean i really like guaranteed rate field I mean it's obviously not in the greatest area i mean i think what what makes it really really awesome is obviously the history but then the area around it it's just so fun i know the the Sox are trying to do that on the south side but you can only do so much down there um but i, mean, I really like the ballpark i mean it's obviously a bit more modern um I always have a good time i'm hoping to get back there hopefully end of the month early august for a game i like to see them really good for once and I think that's what he was saying. It's just more modern. I mean, Wrigley yeah. is Wrigley because of the tradition, right. Wrigleyville and everything, even though Wrigleyville's changed a bunch in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Sox have a kind of a party atmosphere going on. They're kind of getting mm-hmm. their own bleach, bleacher section going in the outfield. They're yeah. getting the beer snake going as well, like Wrigley. So, yep. so uh, w- winning makes people show up. Yeah, it's a that's fun the culture. Thing. Yeah, that's, and that's 
this thing is when they're winning, it's it's fun. Um, I was a little disappointed. I think the first game that they were allowed to do full capacity, I don't think they filled it, which is a little bummer, a bit of a bummer. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that place would be rocking come postseason if they, assuming they get in. So bring back disco. For. Bring back disco. Night. <laughs> disco, disco sucks night. Yeah, let's bring it on. <laughs> disco sucks. That's it. Yeah. Oh man. Oh that. Wow. What 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 an idea that was. Yeah, um, something. But let's let's look at the MLB standings right now, mm-hmm. the halfway point. Yeah, There's I've some definitely some, some surprises and some disappointments for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. The AL East. Let's, the let's Bo- start with this. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, they've been a surprise. A lot of people had yeah. them pre- preseason picked fourth in the division. But they're definitely contenders. They're not pretenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a solid team. And then you got Tampa, the Tampa Bay Rays, a game and a half. I've said this many, many times on the podcast. I think they're the best, the most well-run organization in mm-hmm. sports. I mean, what they do with that low payroll year in, mm-hmm. year out is unbelievable. You got the Yankees and the Blue Jays both eight games back. Uh, oh, the Yankees, it just depends on the week. Some weeks they look great. Some weeks they look like trash. So what's, uh, uh, what's, what's on the horizon for them at the break? That's a great question i don't think they'll be buyers they could be sellers i I don't think they do much of anything Hmm. um but but aaron boone for his sake he better hope they make the playoffs uh i if if they miss the playoffs i think he might be a goner and and you don't get a lot of time in new york even though you don't the yankees haven't done anything since 09 that was their last world series uh championship let alone appearance let alone Mm -hmm. championship uh they just haven't done much they were close a few years ago then lost the last two games of the series to the astros um the whole, you know, trash gate, trash can gate, and everything. Yep. But um, I'm what not. Was, what was your thought? I mean, I thought what Judge did the other night for against <laughs> the two was hilarious. I loved it. I, I the Yankees do have. They got some players that have swagger like that. Yeah. But so I think they're having fun. They're just they just can't yeah. put it together. And I, I loved what he did too. And he was just telling his guys to. It's cold outside. Button yeah. up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then but then Atuve takes his shirt or jersey yeah. off. Uh, yeah, the game out there, which is what it is. They were really trying to pump that as a rivalry earlier this year. It still is pretty tense, mm-hmm. but maybe not as much as it was in April. Then you got the Orioles, who are just trash. Let's be yeah, honest, they're twenty eight and sixty one. Yeah, they're just they're just not good. We kind of went over the Central, but I will say the Twins. What a disappointment they've been this year. I hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure hate you to see do. it. I'm sure you do. They were really good last year. Uh-huh. I thought they'd be contending for the AL Central. Even though the White Sox, that was one of my bold predictions. Mm-hmm. They'd at least make the ALCS. Mm-hmm. So far, they're looking good. AL West, you got the Astros in the driver's seat, three and a half games up on the Athletics. Then you got the Mariners, seven games behind, still looking for their first postseason berth in 20 years. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Then you got the Angels, nine games back. We talk about them a lot on the podcast because they're mm-hmm. just wasting Mike Trout, even though he's injured, and now Shohei Otani. I mean, right. you got two of the most explosive, entertaining yeah. players in the league, and you can't make the playoffs. I mean, just by the way that that ESPN talks about Otani, you'd think that the Angels were in first place. And I mean, I I'd probably think that half the time that I check the standings, I'm like, oh, they are right. way down there. <laughs> right. It's just we we really haven't ever seen. I mean, going back to Babe Ruth, we haven't seen a guy who hits with this much power and is a good pitcher. Right. And it was incredible to me last week when the Angels hitting coach revealed that. Otani doesn't even take batting practice. practice. Yeah, that's wild. Eh. <laughs> Who needs it, I guess, when you're that good? Yeah. And then you got the Texas Rangers, 19 and a half games. 
out of that division. The NL East, you brought up earlier, pretty disappointing division. Uh, the New York Mets, see, I really just want to throw up going <laughs> over a lot of these standings. Uh, they're three and a half games over the Phillies. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see if the Mets can hang on. Their pitching's really good, so they're always going to be in it. But yeah. I just – it's the Mets. I'm waiting for them to choke. I'm waiting right. for the shoot and pull. Um, got the Phillies hanging on right there in second spot than the Braves, four games behind. Braves starting to catch up a little bit. They're probably mm-hmm. my most disappointing team in the league mm-hmm. in the first half. I thought they were going to be really, really good. The National six game and the Marlins nine games. So really nobody's out of it in that division. No. Even the Marlins, um, even though I doubt they're going to catch anybody. Yeah. Then you got the NL Central. The Brewers um, had a really comfortable lead a week ago. Now it's four games with the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Reds. Closing the gap. I know that makes a lot of uh, listeners of this podcast pretty happy. Uh, Then you got the Cubs and Cardinals eight games back. Uh, Cardinals, I believe ESPN said their percent to make the playoffs is like 1.9 or something, which is so the Cubs are right there too. Yeah. And then the Pirates 18 games, which honestly is better than I thought they would be doing at this point. They have, they have quite a few guys in the, they have quite a few guys in the all-star game. Did I read that right? Or am I, am I missing that? That misread something that they had. I haven't looked over the All Star rosters too specifically, so I couldn't tell you. But I know at the start of the year, um, good good friend of the show and uh, loyal listener and viewer, Sean Shriver, he's a big Pittsburgh Pirates fan. He said they were going to pretty much field a Triple A team this year. <laughs> so for them not to be in last place, I would say it's a win for Pirate fans right now. No, I saw some on Twitter. It must have been something that was not accurate because I thought. They had some guys, but what I saw was not right. And then you got the NL NL West. The Giants have been the surprise of of the Mm -hmm. league, I think. 57-32 record. Then you got the LA Dodgers two and a half games back. Yeah. I still think they're the most dangerous team in the league. Mm -hmm. And then the Padres six games back, they're dangerous as well. Then you got the Rockies 18 games back and the Diamondbacks 32 (sighs) games back with a record of 26-65. and Yikes. Ouch. Yeah, that's – Good yeah. thing the Suns are good. Yeah, oh, you're right. You're <laughs> right. And, and the Cardinals should be fun to watch too, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Coyotes, not so much. No. Nope. But, yeah, the Dimebacks, I didn't think they are going to be good, but I didn't think they are going to be that no. bad. They've been atrocious, especially on the road. But so have the Colorado Rockies. They got the best record in the league at home, mm-hmm. but one of the worst, if not the worst record on the road in the league. So it's just yeah, like – they got 9-34 on the road, and I'm not <laughs> seeing a – worse <laughs> record it's here. Not good. It's not good. But if the playoffs started today, uh, the White Sox would win the Central, of course. Red Sox mm. win the East. Astros win the, win the West, like I said. The Rays and the Athletics would be the two wild card spots. With the Mariners three and a half games out, Yankees, Indians, and Blue Jays all four and a half games out. And in the National League, Giants, Brewers, Mets would win the divisions, and the Dodgers and Padres would be your two wild card games teams with the Reds three and a half games out and the Phillies six and a half games out. So I th- I don't see a lot changes in the NL standings. Yeah, there's some um, really good teams in the NL. Maybe maybe like I said, maybe the Mets fall, but I think mm-hmm. I think the Brewers win the Central. I could see the Giants slipping and the yeah. Dodgers catching them, but the Giants and the Padres still getting the wild card. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, home run derby tonight, all-star game tomorrow. Coors Field, it was supposed to be in Atlanta originally, but they got switched. Here are your eight home run derby contestants tonight. Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels. Joey, Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers. 
Matt Olson of the Oakland Athletics, Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals, Pete Alonso of the New York Mets, uh, Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles, Trevor Story of the Colorado Rockies, and Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. Who is your pick tonight? If you would have asked me about three hours ago or four hours ago, I would have said I probably just picked Otani just because of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our group chat, our good buddy Cameron Screeton and new father, congrats to Camo and Riley. Yes, yes. Uh, he, I think his pick was a uh, Joey Gallo. So I'm gonna go with Camo on this one. He is a hitting coach at the. He is a hitting coach. He knows. Going, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. But I'm not agreeing with him. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the NL NL part of me wants to take Trevor Story at home, but mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna do it. I'm going to take Matt Olson of the okay. Oakland Athletics. I don't know why. I'm just feeling it. That's I'm usually wrong with my home and derby picks. Uh, do you usually watch the derby? I haven't in a while. Um, I tried to catch something. I think it's a really fun event. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, really, the MLB All-Star like games are probably the, one of the ones I enjoy watching the most just because it's there's actually something that they're playing for, whether or not you agree if whether or not the – winner of the AL NL game wins or gets home field advantage, but beside the point, but I usually enjoy the MLB all-star festivities the most out of any pro sport. Oh yeah. It's where the pro bowl is a joke, pro uh, a joke. Which, which I don't, I don't, I don't blame those guys for not trying. Oh, you know, yeah. to get hurt. Yeah. I, I, I do like they're trying to bring the skills competitions back and stuff. Yeah. That's kind of fun. NBA all-star game. The game's a joke. Yeah. Um, dunk contest and three point shootout skills competition. Still kind of fun to watch, but not like yeah. it was a decade ago. Right. Uh, but I, I do like watching the Derby. I think tonight's going to be really fun. I mean, there's always bombs in the Derby, but add the altitude, of course. Yeah. My goodness, we're going to see some moonshots tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I like we, they, they changed it up, too. They changed up the, the format from prior years. You know, in the last couple of years, they've, they've changed it up, which I think is shows that they're trying to be creative and innovative, which is, you know, some sports don't always try and do. Right, because you look at the year. Uh, I always go back to 08, the last year of Old Yankee Stadium when Josh mm. Hamilton put on a yep. show, but he didn't win it. Right. I think Bobby Abreu won it, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, that year. Um, I mean, yeah, back in the day, guys could just hit like 100 in one round but still lose. Right. But that's that's one of the derbies I remember the most is 08. Mm-hmm. I also remember when Great American hosted a couple years ago and Todd Frazier, yep. the Todd father, had that place rocking, literally right. the camera was rocking. So that was pretty cool. Um, so it's, it's always fun to see guys get hot and, and hit some bombs. Mm-hmm. So and I'll probably watch more of that tonight than I will the all-star game tomorrow. To be yeah. Honest. But any other thoughts on the MLB? No, it's, it's, it's finally fun to be excited about baseball again on the South side. So usually it's, I'll, I'll really look forward to the season. Then June hits and it's over for me because it's <laughs> too far out of it maybe even may um yeah, well yeah i mean the gun playing well and i say it's exciting they're playing a fun brand of baseball um kind of like you said with the, the yankees they got some guys with some swagger that really enjoy just playing the game and they're trying to change the game in terms of how it's you know not this you know unwritten rule crap that people always talk about you know they're showing emotion i mean as this, a lot of the younger a lot of young players are throughout the league which is really fun to see um, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. I mean, obviously, it makes the old heads angry, but whatever. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, hey, they need something going for them. I mean, even if they don't win the World Series or even make the World Series mm-hmm. this year, if they make the postseason, they're young. They got a lot of talent mm-hmm. and potential. The futures are bright. That should be appealing to free agents. Absolutely. Something. I mean, in the past, we saw them that one year go get. Um, 
Todd Frazier, Melky Cabrera, mm-hmm. and uh, help me out. Who was the pitcher that year? Oh God, they I got like they, they got something, yeah. somebody. But besides that big haul, they don't really go out and get a ton of free no. agents. If the free agents are going somewhere in Chicago, it's it's to the north side. And you, yeah, and usually if they get if they're getting a big name, it's usually someone who's on the very back end of their career. Like, remember they got they got Griffey one year, which was really cool, but he was yeah. he was you know old at that point and injured too much. Um, that was one of the big ones. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jim Tomey was an awesome acquisition he was when, good. They, when they got him. He's probably one that's panned out, you know, the most in, you know, in the last, you know, 15 years, probably yeah. that actually did something. Um, but yeah, so usually it's when they get a big, big name, it's usually someone who's not, uh, in their prime, we'll say. Yeah. Cause they got money. They got the big city, yeah. but like the Mets with the Yankees, they're always yeah. going to be. Always, yeah, always, always the second team. Even if they, you know, were to win three straight, it's still it's still a north side town. It is, it is. Well, are you are you ready to get educated about some sporting events Absolutely. that happened on July twelfth? Yep, let's do All it. All right, let's do it. Let me bring up my list here. I briefly scanned these earlier today. <laughs> on this day in nineteen oh one, a guy named Cy Young won his three hundredth game. Wasn't too bad. No, I mean you get a you get an award named after yourself. Yeah, you did a few things yeah, right. You did, all right. You did all right. Also, another guy who did all right on this day, nineteen twenty-one, Babe Ruth. He set a record of one hundred and thirty-seven career home runs. Wow! He would, he would go on to hit seven hundred and fourteen. Then Hank right. Aaron would take that crown, and then Barry Bonds with right. an asterisk next to it would take that crown. All right. Uh, Another Babe Ruth one here on this day in 1927. Babe Ruth uh, was halfway to his MLB record of 60 home runs, smack number 30 in a ninth inning New York 7-0 win over the Cleveland Indians at Dunfield. What's crazy, and sorry to cut you off, but what's crazy no, about like, I, those guys is if you were to plant them in today's game, they would no chance. It'd be like us no, up there. It's just no. like, yeah, it's just so funny. Think about you know one of the greatest of all time, but it's like if you – you know, we hate, you know, comparing generations, but it's like if you take Babe Ruth and put him in today's game, I'm not even sure he's making contact from some of these guys. They didn't even wear helmets. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's, it's just so funny to think about. Yes, it is. On this day, nineteen twenty eight, the first televised tennis match took place. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed it was that early. No. On this day, 1930, can you tell me uh, who won the U.S. Open in golf? <laughs> I, just, I was afraid you were going to ask me these questions. I have zero idea. Bobby Jones okay. won his uh, record-tying fourth U.S. Open title by two strokes from McDonald Smith to win his third consecutive major title. So I need to make like a name generator. I have a better chance of getting it right by that than... <laughs> I probably guess. wouldn't throw out Bobby Jones because he's like the only really, really old golfer I, I know. Yeah, that? No idea. Yes. Yeah, golf, as you know, is not my forte, we'll say. All right. Let's see here. On this day, 1931, 45,715 fans in 35,000 seat Sportsman Park, St. Louis, helped cause many ground rule doubles, 11 in the first game and 21 in second game for 32. Holy cow. Well, if you pack a stadium with 12,000 people that it holds, you're going to have some problems. Yeah. That's a that's a fire hazard if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, on this day, 1949, the 16th All-Star Game was held at Ebbets Field. The AL beat the NL 11-7. to uh, On this day, 1949, the LA Rams signed Norm Van Brocklin, pretty legendary quarterback, yeah, threw yeah. seven touchdowns in one game. Uh, on this day, 1959, NBC uses cameras to show catchers' signals during the Yankee-Red Sox game. Hmm. Something we take for granted seeing all yeah, the time. Yeah, Now they're using it to steal signals. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Many more things. Uh, on this day, 1970, who won the uh, British Open for men's golf? You can do it. If I feel like you throw out someone's name, it's going to be uh, – I just lost. I just um, – I don't want to sound dumb. I'm going to sound dumb. Palmer? A good guess. His arch rival, Jack Nicholas. Good. Uh, okay. He was, I was thinking Nicholas, but I couldn't remember his name. And I was like, who's the guy with the drink? Palmer. That's right. I'll go with him. I couldn't remember yeah. if those guys were, I knew they were old, like I, I'm always bad with like years and how old they actually are. Even though Jack has a drink too, he kind of tried to copy it. That's Arnold, even though yeah. they're friends, but yeah. Arnold's is better. Uh, he won over in St. Andrews, the open over Doug Sanders by one stroke in the event's first ever 18 hole playoff to win the second of his three open championships. On this day in 1975, British Open was won at Carnoustie by Tom Watson in an 18-hole playoff by one stroke over Jack Newton of Australia. It was the Watson's first of eight major titles and his first of five Open championships. And I did not even, I swear, know this happened on this day in 1979, Disco Demolition Night <laughs> at Carnoustie Park. Did not even know. I did not plan for that. Uh, the fans go wild, destroying disco records and cause the White Sox to forfeit the second game of a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, it was a disc jockey uh, plan. That I can't remember his name. I'm sure my phone a friend of my dad, he would know the name. But, yeah, it was a – yeah, I mean, I, I hate disco too, so I'm all for it. But, man, that was a complete disaster. <laughs> I am glad that worked its way into this list. I swear yeah. I didn't look that people up. Were like, that was... People were yeah, – it was just nuts what was going on. Uh, on this day, 1989, New York Yankee uh, pitching great Ron Geardry, Louisiana Lightning, retired uh, with a record of 170 wins and 91 losses and a career ERA of 3.29. Uh, on this day, 1996, Kirby Puckett, a legendary center fielder for the Minnesota Twins, he retired after 12 seasons due to loss of vision in one of his eyes. Wasn't too bad. The, no, he was pretty good. On this day, 1996, a guy named Michael Jordan, who he was pretty good. Not too bad. He signed an NBA contract with the Chicago Bulls for one year for $30.1 million. <laughs> that worked out well for both sides. Yeah, not too bad. On this day, 1997, the Cubs played in their 5,000th consecutive game without being no hit. Dang. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. Is that uh, is that the is, it, is that a record? Is that it didn't say record, but I okay. gotta think it's up there. It's gotta be up there. Jamie, I don't okay. know. On this day in 2015, who won the men's Wimbledon title? 2015. I mean, a safe guess is hmm, Federer. He lost to Djokovic. 
Uh, okay, I was between Federer and Nadal. I can remember if Djokovic yeah. had really arrived. I guess I can't remember if he had really arrived then. I guess yeah, he's been on the scene for quite a while. But he, he won in 2014, defending his title in 2015 for his third Wimbledon crown at the time. Okay, and he of course won it again over the weekend. Yep. So, and that's gonna do it for today's uh, on this day, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Pro Former Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Pro Former Print House has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company by giving them a call today at 574 210 one five. NBA Finals going on, Webby. Uh, yes, they are. Game three was at the Pfizer Forum last week. Saw them all, or last night, <laughs> not last week. Last night, uh, I'm sure the Bucks were wishing it was last night or last week because they yeah. need the series to get back to Milwaukee as soon as possible after dropping the first two games out in Phoenix. But they got the win last night by a score of one twenty to a hundred to close the series gap to two games to one. Game four will be uh, Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Did you watch any of the game, and what were your thoughts? Uh, I caught the second, most of the second quarter, which when I turned on, it was the Suns were up by about six, and then the Bucks just went on an absolute tear. Uh, Bobby Portis, the former Bull, which kind of hurt my heart, just took, kind of took over along with Giannis. Um, yeah, Giannis only poured in 41. Last yeah, time. Just, just, yeah, it wasn't too bad of a game. Um but I really enjoyed watching. I really haven't been able to, to catch many of the games, um, which is sad because this is probably the one finals that I've really been invested in. I actually, I know you and Jamie have talked about it, but I really, I really enjoyed the finals back in 2015 with the Warriors and, and Cavs. I think it was 2015. Um, I really liked those Warriors teams. Those were fun to watch, and but it's nice to finally see some different teams in it and that's i should be watching but i just haven't got a chance to but um, i really enjoyed watching what i saw i mean both teams were playing pretty well obviously the the suns had a little bit of a slump they're going to halftime which is they i know devin booker really struggled she struggled last game in the second quarter too um i still th- i still like the suns uh, i mean I, I think i'm just being very biased just because i really want Purdue grad Etwan Moore to get a championship as uh, he's probably in one of his final years of, of of his of his career, which has been an amazing career for someone who's probably the you know deemed the third best player on on those Purdue teams coming out mm-hmm. of the when, when he graduated. Um, I'm still saying Suns and six. I, I agree with you. I I think. I almost want to say Milwaukee's going to tie it up Wednesday night, but then the Suns are going to close them out with two games in a row. Yeah. Home. Um, or does it flip? I think it goes one, one, one. I yeah, I'm going to double check that. The Suns have home court, correct? Since they yes, start they the do. Series. Yes, I think it would go one, one, one. You're right, either you're that, right. Either that you're or right, you're right. go two, three, two, which I don't think you're it right. does that. It goes five, six, seven, one, one, one. You're right. Yep. That shows my, uh, <laughs> my NBA fandom. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, I watched a little bit of last night's game. Um, the Bucks just jumped on them and wouldn't mm-hmm. let go. Um, Chris Middleton, 18 points. Drew Holiday, 20-plus yeah. points last night. I mean, they were getting uh, contributions from everybody. Pat, Co- Pat Codnington, Notre mm-hmm. Dame's own, who I never thought would be a nope. decent NBA player. Uh, he had uh, eight points last night, but he played 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody. Uh, I mean, Brooke Lopez. 11 points in 21 minutes, but he 
makes his presence felt on the defensive mm-hmm. end of the court. It's these guys that have been castaways at other places right. finding their role in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording, and you know, on the Suns, you have Cameron Payne, who again played for the Bulls, and I, I remember seeing you know right uh, as the Suns have been making their run. An old article was brought up that there was an interview with a, a Bulls executive. I'm probably pr- probably sure he's not even on the on in the front <laughs> office anymore, given this comment. But they mentioned that when they brought in Cameron Payne, they, they said that they knew within a couple practices that he couldn't compete in, at the NBA level, and now he's backing up Chris Paul in the NBA Finals. So, yeah, the Bulls have not had the best front office nope. for many years, but I think they're I think they're on the right path now with their new nope. hires. I think that, I think they're on the right path. Yeah, uh, but the Suns, like you said last night, Devin Brooker struggled mightily. Uh, three for fourteen from the field, ten points. Cam Cam Johnson, I will say, he had fourteen points. Cameron Johnson, but he had one of the best dunks I've seen in a long, yeah. long time. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Aiden had eighteen points, nine boards. Chris Paul had nineteen points. He was pretty good last night. Eight of fourteen shooting, nine nine assists. What you expect out of him, really? Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder had eighteen points, but just not a lot of production off the bench. I mean, mm-hmm. you got Payne at seven points, Craig at two, Frank Kaminsky at six, um, Alexander at two. Nader had zero, and a lot of guys didn't play after that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, the Bucks needed that win desperately last night, and they got it. Home crowd was rocking. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a franchise that hasn't won the finals or been to the finals since 74. Since, yeah, 74. Um, they also made it in 71. The Suns hadn't made it since 93. They've never mm-hmm. won it. So these are two franchises that were des- that are desperate and hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to take advantage while they're there because you never know you might might not be back for a long time. Yeah, I mean it's, I mean you hear it all the time with with you know teams that make it to a the championship whether it be NBA or the you know Super Bowl. It's like you get there once and you think you're going to be there, you know, next three to four years and it never happens again. I mean I remember listening to uh, Pat Mack if he talked about how his rookie se- rookie seasons when they went and played the Saints in the Super Bowl and he's like, all right, you know, hey, we lost, but it's fine, we'll be back and never made it back. So it's take advantage of it while you're there. Cause you never know. Yep. It's like uh super bowl. I want to say, uh, what year was that? Uh, I don't know what year, but, uh, Marino is, I think mm-hmm. it was the second year makes super bowl. I I, I know J man always likes to say that his dad, Dan Munt wasn't even real too concerned when they lost. Was, oh, we'll be back to Baltimore. Never made nope. it back to another one with Dan Marino. Yep. One and done. I mean, you just cannot take it for granted. Like even Cup fans, you know, they won in 2016. I think they thought Mm -hmm. the last five years they'd at least be back to one more. And I I thought the same thing too. I thought I was like, man, we're going to see. I'm not ready to watch the Cubs play in the World (laughs) Series multiple years in a good span. So it just doesn't happen unless you have a guy like Tom Brady behind center. Then it happens all the time. But uh, that's a, that's a, I could, I could go on an hour for Tom Brady. Tom Brady podcast, but uh, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I'm on record saying that many times, but this finals has been more intriguing to me than uh, mm-hmm. uh, the super team ones with the Lakers involved. Oh, the bubble last week or last year, just yeah. between the Lakers and Heat, I just wasn't invested in the bubble at all. Yeah, I'm glad this year, these teams are in it this year versus last year, because last year could easily made the argument that, you know, it's a weird year. You know, I mean, it is right. still a weird year because it's, you know, shorter season a little bit 
Was it the shorter season? I know they started later, but I can't remember if they. No, they got. Oh, still eighty one. Still got eighty one. I think it was eighty one. If if not, it was pretty darn close. Yeah, and they just started later. That's why normally the finals would have been over in June. Yeah, because we were going through on the stands like, well, there's no NBA finals thing. Yeah. Like, that's usually they're over in June. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it happened this year because it, I mean, hopefully gives teams the hopefully it gives confidence to these smaller teams. I Man, I, I mentioned I'm not an Indianapolis fan, but I mean, I do enjoy watching the Pacers play, and hopefully this is something that can get them because it's it's we need parity in the NBA. Um, we also need the Sonics back. That's very true. Um, it's just cool to see some of these smaller market teams. I mean, the Bucks. I mean, Giannis yeah. is an awesome player to watch. Um, the fact that he's stuck around when he could easily gone elsewhere. I hope Devin Booker stays in in Phoenix. I could very well see you can easily see him going to L.A. or or the Knicks. Like for whatever reason, people. Yeah, now they're good them. again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see some parity while we have it. Yeah, it is, and and I'm hoping the super teams kind of stay away. I'm mm-hmm. I'm still scared. Dam- Damian Lillard's got to get out of Portland and go somewhere, and like in L.A. or yeah, or um, I don't even know where else. Uh, Brooklyn. I don't think they could go to Brooklyn, but Brooklyn, where they already have basketballs to go I, around if he goes to Brooklyn. There already <laughs> is. Harden and Durant, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I like that. All these small small market teams are being competitive. Even the Denver Nuggets. I mean, mm-hmm. they. They had a terrible injury to yeah, Jamal Murray. Murray right before the playoffs. That kind of really yeah. hurt their chances, but they were still pretty competitive. And it does. It makes the league a lot more enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. when everybody's kind of got a chance. Yeah. So I mean, even like teams like the Jazz, who are obviously kind of yeah. on the rise in the last couple of years, like those, it's fun to watch them compete in the West. And so the Nuggets, and I'm trying to think, I mean, you can argue the Mavs a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure they're super. I mean, Dallas is not a small market by any means, but we just don't see them. I, I will say for Dallas, they got a superstar. Oh, yeah. Luka Doncic now, so yeah. they will get some attention where, I mean, Absolutely. the Nuggets, they've had the MVP this year. Maybe they'll finally get in some national games next year, which I know they had at some this year, but it was like a lot of commentators want to say, well, he only won the MVP due to, you know, this guy being out right. for games or whatever. He was pretty darn consistent all year yeah. long. He's a, he's a very good player. Yeah. And so. then you're going to get that anytime. It's, I mean, they're, What's the? They're saying the Suns are. The reason the Suns are here is because of the '80s injury and you know whatever, whatever list of other excuses. It's like, well, you not know, their, not their fault. I mean, it's, it's not their. Fault. It's part of it. Part of sports is injuries. You got yep. to win a championship. You not only have to be really talented, you have to have some skill or not. Yeah, some skill and some luck on a your lot side. Of luck, you yeah. gotta have luck. I mean, like college sports, Final Fours, you know, and championships. Yeah. How many times have we see good teams get knocked out? Look at Illinois this year, right? I mean, they were primed and ready to go and got knocked out by Loyola mm-hmm. in the second round. I know it was a weird year and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I know Josh and I have beat this topic to death the last two weeks, but you're a big college sports fan, like you said in the introduction, especially Purdue. Mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts on the name, image, and likeness rule that was just passed not too long ago. Absolutely love it. Um, and it's been fun to watch, just kind of see like what, what types of deals these kids are, are getting. Um, it's just entertaining to see like the companies they're partnering with and just some of the funny things. Like, I mean, I never thought Spencer Rattler got uh, raising canes or raising canes, mm-hmm. raising canes. Um, that was awesome. Um, I didn't expect something that big uh, when it first came out. I was expecting, you know, some of these guys to get, you know, a lot more local stuff, but it'll be interesting to see, especially when you get like a superstar, 
which I'm not, I'm trying to think of like a, like probably the superstar in college football right now. I'm drawing a blank because there's no Trevor Lawrence anymore. There's no Justin Fields anymore. Sam, Sam Howell, maybe, maybe um, yeah. North Carolina. He's a top quarterback. Yeah. But kind of like what these guys, what those Derek types of King, guys can get. Yeah. View, which the, all, all the you guys are going to get paid $6,000 yeah. each, it looks like. so. Uh, but it really made me realize how dumb the rule was. Yeah, uh, and what really drove home drove home that thought was when it you know July first hit and the, and the guys could do this. Um, someone on produced roster, uh, Xander Horvath, the running back, he you know tweeted out that he likes to draw and paint. I think he paints too. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanted to sell some of his artwork, and I was like, oh, hold on, he couldn't do this beforehand just because of the fact that someone might buy it because the fact that he's a, a running back on Purdue's football team. And like, that is the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, especially look at the fact that like, you, you know, scholar, kids who are on scholarship, academic scholarships and these universities, they have, they have none of these rules. Um, you know, people who, from my understanding, those who are, you know, helping, you know, these, you know, big research universities, you know, you know, gain publicity and money for their research. I don't think they have those types of, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I would assume they don't have those types of rules where, Hey, you can't go and, you know, make money because of your notoriety for doing, you know, X, Y, Z for the university. And, but yet here you have college athletes who, you know, yeah, obviously they, they have, especially at, at the, you know, the power five level and the visual one level, they they do have a lot of resources available to them and they do get a lot of, you know, quote unquote free stuff. But I mean, still the fact that, you know, a kid can't go to his hometown and host, you know, a camp, uh, you know, football camp or a basketball camp in the summer to, you know, give back to the community and make a little bit of money while he's doing it is so dumb. But the fact that they can do it now is awesome. Um, I think you'll see a lot more of that. I think some people will think that all oh, these kids are going to be getting multi-million dollar deals. I, I don't think you, at least not right away. I don't see that happening unless it, I guess there's like a, you know, a Zion Williams type type of player, which, you know, we don't really have right now in college. in, in my opinion, um, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys, you know, getting a couple thousand here and there from, you know, a year worth of doing cameo or, um, you know, whatever it may be. But I think it's, I mean, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see how it affects, you know, parity in some of these sports. I mean, I know some people are worried about, oh, the, you know, the, you know, Alabama is going to get all the good kids now because of all this. It's like, I mean, they haven't, I mean, they haven't been already. Like it's, it's, it's just going to, the rich are going to get richer, I think. And it's going to be interesting to do, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with to these, you know, kind of that tier two, you know, not the, uh, you know, I guess you could throw, maybe throw Purdue in that tier two in terms of just not being the, the powerhouses and kind of being, you know, more average or maybe a little bit below average in that and kind of seeing what happens with, those types of teams and if it affects them at all, or if it, you know, I, I think it can kind of help them in some ways, especially maybe speaking of just Purdue just because of my loyalties, but in basketball, I think that could help with maybe some of the in-state kids, you know, versus some guys going out or out of state, um, depending on who we you know where they're going. Um, but I think it could interesting to see how it affects kids who are thinking about going to the draft or going pro in general. Um, you know, if they, if they stay, I think, there's a chance they can make a little bit more money, not maybe make more money, but make some money and maybe and improve their game. Because when you look at it, especially from like a, a basketball standpoint, you know, think of a guy like, you know, Robbie Hummel, for example, I think who would have made a killing when he, if he would have been playing now. Um, but, you know, when he goes pro and then 
and or goes to Spain and plays in Russia, you know, who's paying attention to his stat line. It's not these Timberwolves fans that, you know, saw him for a couple of years. It's the people, it's the people who watched him play at Purdue and the Purdue fans. And it's the ones who are going to follow him until, you know, he hangs it up officially and, and in terms of everything. And um, I think that'll might encourage some guys to stick around a little bit more, even just the guys like who are one and done, like, you know, a guy like Biggie Swanigan who only played two years, but, um, you know, we still f- kind of follow what he does just because we, we love watching him play so much. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these guys make decisions moving forward in terms of staying in school or, you know, or dipping out earlier or whatnot, or even just how they make their college decision in general. I can't add much more to that. I think you brought a lot of good points and <laughs> what, made, made a lot of sense there. So. What's funny though is it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of, I was heard on another, on another podcast, but you know, with these kids now making money, you know, that's an income and you got to pay taxes on this. So it's like, <laughs> there was a joke I heard on the Tyson Tate podcast of, you know, who's going to be the first kid in division <laughs> one to get, you know, put on probation because he's wanted for tax evasion. Um, yep. So maybe our good buddy, Andrew, Rouse should start a, uh, an accounting firm to help these there guys you go. taxes. Um, yeah. There's that. And also just to see like what types of deals these kids can get. Cause you've also got to think of, you know, these universities have deals too. And it's like, are you going to see, you know, this high profile kid who plays on a Nike school get offered a commercial with Adidas or Under Armour? Obviously I don't think that's going to happen. Cause I think the university would, would cut that out pretty quickly. But it's also the argument of like, well, we're, you know, the kids are supposed to be able to make money and have this autonomy because of their name, image, likeness. But, you know, obviously these schools have these multi, multi-million dollar deals with these, with these shoe companies. I don't think you'll see anything that drastic, but, you know, you could see competing restaurants or competing, you know, whatever it may be. It'd be interesting to see how that, if it ever comes to that, see what, how schools handle that. I mean, as I mean, people know listening to your show, none of us like the NCAA, and the NCAA is going to screw this up in some form or fashion. Probably they'll find a way. They'll find a way. Um, but it's it's, it's a about good starting time. point. It's a good starting, good starting point. point. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, I got a few more segments we need to get on before the show wraps up. One of those <laughs> being the word association segment. It's been Chicago sports themed heavy episode, and it's going to continue with the word association tonight. Because I know you're a big Chicago sports fan, so I'm going to give you a bunch of Chicago sports athletes. I think most of these are former athletes. Some of them are current, but it's just Mm -hmm. ones that came to my mind. I'm going to give them to you. First thing that comes to your mind, shoot. How embarrassing is it going to be when I know half of these people? (laughs) Oh, You'll know them all. Frank Frank Thomas. Big Hurt. Maglur Ordonez. I heard he was a jerk, so that's why I'm going to go with jerk. Yeah, I heard he was not a nice... Uh, player to fans when they wanted his autograph. So jerk. Paul Canerco. Paulie, love him. Legend. The White Sox legend. AJ Brzezinski. Absolutely love him. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, it's just one of those guys who you love him if you had him, hate him if you played against him. Some people probably hate him. They're White Sox fans, but just a gamer. I think he just, he played, he was a very cerebral player and he knew how to get under people's skin and it worked. Just ask Michael Barrett. Yeah. Uh, Brian Urlacher. Oh man, mixed feelings nowadays. <laughs> Got some trouble, but I mean, he was an absolute beast, a monster. He, I mean, he put the monster in monsters of the midway. Rex Grossman. God, oh. <laughs> pretty good. Right there. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Jay Cutler. Oh, what a waste of talent. That's I mean, just what could have been. 
I mean, it just what could have been had yep. he been at his, I mean, if he had a head on straight. Robbie Gold. Clutch. Maybe not clutch, but consistent, I should say. We miss it in Chicago. Getting a little better, but. Cody Parkey. I mean, we know where it's going with this. Double doink for sure. And <laughs> I was screaming at the television when it happened. Derek Rose. What could have been? It's yeah. just, it's a bummer. I mean, but what? Youngest MVP in NBA history, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I didn't appreciate it when I watched him at the time. And now I look back and just like, man, I mean, it's just a bummer. I mean, it's one of those things just people had it when they played Michael Jordan, but he ran into LeBron James too many times and it just didn't, just wasn't meant to be. Um, but I mean, I would love to see him come back to Chicago before just as a retire as a bull. I, I hope that happens. So. Luol Dang. Luol Dang. Consistent. He was pretty consistent with the Bulls. Um, he was never really, I think, really a superstar, but it was always pretty good. Joakim Noah. Oh, I loved him. He was an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute animal. Uh, great rebounder. Um, again, one of those guys who just knew how to get under, I mean, he was a smart player. He knew how to get under people's skin, and it worked. It was awesome to watch. And um, I had three Blackhawks, but I'm going to just narrow down to one because of time um, concerns. Jonathan Taves. Captain. Uh, I mean, what he brought to Chicago for the Blackhawks and bringing him back to prominence was is something that was really fun to watch as growing up. And the word association segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee, attorney at law, uh, attorney at law. Rhett Lee in the law office of Andrew Aki LLC are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, contact him today to schedule a free consultation at 574-722-2221. And we want to thank uh, sponsor of the show, two years running, The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantle that freshes, focuses on freshness and quality. And, of course, they have uh, 16 different beers on tap, including a constant rotation of des- today's best microbrews and domestic flavors. And you can get a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mantle and their bar, beer garden, I cannot read today, <laughs> beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be by boat or by wheels, the Dam Laney is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. And this episode is also brought to you by Circle 15 Golf. I'm wearing my Circle 15 yeah, Golf man. hat today. Circle 15 Golf is a brand focused on bringing tour quality products and experience to the everyday golfer like Webby and myself. <laughs> <laughs> Built on 25 years of tour experience featuring the Genesis Glove, the most durable and comfortable glove available in the patented Glove Hub, the first and only glove humidor on the market. Find those hats, ball markers, div repair tools, and more at circle15golf.com. Very quickly, the British Open or the Open Championship, as everybody calls it, I like to call it the British Open, is happening this weekend. It's at uh, Royal St. George's. First time it's been there since 2011 when Darren Clark one, you know the weather's going to be nasty at least one day, if not two days. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be windy. So this is going to be the J-Man's book <laughs> of the week. Brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, Travis Watering, for life, home, 
Auto, Renters, Business, Workers' Comp, and Farm Insurance, give Travis a call at 219-869-4561, or you can give him an email at travis.watching at infb.com. The J-Man says Roy McRoy is got to get it done Happening. for his second Open Championship and his fifth major and his first one since 2014. But Tanner is going with Xander Schauffele. Any picks, Webby? Any pick at all? I'm going with Roy. Yeah, with J-Man. All, all right. Way. I can respect it. I wouldn't be mad if Roy was. Yeah. Fingers crossed for Ricky Fowler. Yes, he actually yeah. is in the field this week, everybody. So um, back to the birdie bogey question yep. that we started the show with. Tonight's the home run derby. The Chicago White Sox Evans Fair team have has, has had five participants all time in the home run derby. Name at least four of them for birdie, three of them for par. Okay, I'm just going to okay. rattle off five, and you're going to tell me at the end. So Frank Thomas, Magdalena Ordonez, um, Carlos Lee, uh, Jim Tomey, Jermaine Dye. You got two. Dang it. You got Frank Thomas. He was in 94, 95, and Jermaine Dye in 06. Carlton, Carlton Fisk in 1985. Thought about Paul, him, I wasn't sure. Paul Canerco in 2002. Okay. And Todd Frazier in 2016. I forgot Todd Frazier did it with the Sox. Uh, I was thinking Carlton Fisk. I was thinking Polly, but I, I can't remember. I, I felt good about Maglio and Carlos Lee, but whatever. Well, that's going to do it for episode 243 of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thank you, Webby, for uh, joining us. Anything you want to plug, where can people follow you on on, on, on the socials, and uh, what podcasts are you involved with? Yeah. <laughs> nice plug. Uh, nice. Social media, as I've got it here on the screen for the for the uh, video uh, viewers, ET underscore web. That's for Twitter, Instagram, about the only two things I'm really on. Um but the big thing is follow the Boiler Breakdown podcast. It's the podcast Dan and I do with our good friend Andrew Eiler, uh, really focusing on pretty football and basketball. We're going to be ramping up here pretty soon as we get closer to college football. Can't wait. Uh, it's, I think we're it's our, third, our third official season getting into it, and we've got some big things planned, got some awesome sponsors on board and something we really love doing. And uh, just it's nice to take our group, our Purdue group chat to the, uh, to the podcasting world and let people know what we talk about on a daily basis. <laughs> Yes, it is fun, and, and, and thank you for that plug. I, I might yeah. set you up for it a little bit. But yeah, a little bit, yeah. There we go. So well, once again, Webby, I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for filling in for the J-Man. The J-Man will be back next Monday, same time, same channel, episode 244 of the Tana J-Man Show. Have a great week, everybody.